Awesome. Well, Sherelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I um, have been watching your videos for a while and I shared a couple with Mike and, and my wife as well. Um, you have a huge following on YouTube uh, and it's all centered around anxiety. So um, can you introduce yourself real quick and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your, a little, I guess, background with anxiety? Yeah. So, um, so I'm Sherelle. I'm 28 from the UK. Um, I'm a mother of two and, um, I've always been anxious always from, um, a child. So I went through like this awful, um, childhood trauma, but it was health anxiety that like really rocked my world. And that started after the birth of my first child. And I think it was just this realization of like, I have to stay alive. I have this tiny human that like now needs me. And it was like that, what if that just went insane? Um, and it all started with like a little lymph node that I found in my groin. Mm. And I Googled it and Google came up with like lymphoma. And so I thought I had lymphoma and that went on for like, six months and it was like hell um but then it just spiraled into like the worst health anxiety like it was insane um constantly thinking I had something and just living this like this really delusional world of um every time I had a symptom it was like I'm dying there's something seriously wrong with me um and after about like 18 months of it I started to YouTube and just like film myself talking about these things purely just for like a therapeutic reason like it was almost like therapy to me and I thought well if there's one person that you know can relate and whatever that would be really cool um and I just didn't realize quite how many people would like relate um and yeah it's just kind of like grown from there and now the last kind of two years I've been I mean I don't like to use the word recovered because I think that you know we live a stressful life there's always going to be anxiety but I I manage it really well now and so um I've started like coaching and stuff like that and and massively trying to like raise awareness because I do feel that there's quite a lot of stigma attached to health anxiety like oh you're just a hypochondriac so yeah, yeah that's pretty much you know, you're, you're, I've never heard the term health anxiety. Is that something you've coined or is that, is that widely used? No, that's widely used. Yeah. Okay. It, so it used to be called hypochondria and because there was such like negative, negative connotations with that word, they, um, they changed it. Um, it's like the same with bipolar. They've changed. It's like manic depressive order. So, um, yeah, it's, some people also call it illness, anxiety disorder, but health anxiety is like the general term. Yeah. So I, I stumbled on your video in a pretty dark time in my mind of anxiety. Mike's cousin um, has, was diagnosed with ALS this year. And we interviewed him, um, I guess, how soon after the, the diagnosis? Uh, not very long at all. Like, um, it seems like a month or two. Uh, he has a very aggressive case. So it's, um, it, it's like... It, it progressed quickly but within a couple months, like from working out to in a chair to he can't move anything anymore. Um, he's had the surgery, the trach surgery and all that. So it, it's all progressed with, within less than a year. Normally you get like one to five years. So, yeah. um, yeah. Short, so shortly after that, that, um, that podcast that we did with Mike's cousin, um, my anxiety like ramped up. I've always had, um, uh, your recent video that you just posted was uh, about the heart anxiety. What is that called? 
Cardiophobia. Cardiophobia. So my, that's how my anxiety manifested was I was always having issues with my heart. I think Mike had issues with the stomach, with your lungs or something, right? Yeah, I always get freaked out about not being able to breathe. Um, yeah. And then he thinks he's going to have a heart attack. So. Yeah. so then we did the we did the podcast with Mike's cousin. A month went by and I started getting twitches. So it immediately like just freaked me out. And there's nothing, well, of course, you always say on your YouTube videos, when you go to Google, it's like the worst thing in the, in the world yeah. to, to Google your symptoms because you think it's going to yeah. be, you're going to die tomorrow. Um, but I found a video that you did, I guess maybe late last year on explaining twitches. And then I started reading people's comments and it's pretty astonishing that like if you Google anxiety and you Google symptoms of anxiety, none of this stuff like cardiophobia twitches, none of that is on there. So how did you kind of, I guess, research that and know that it's common? Um, so yeah, I, I went obviously down the, the twitching rabbit hole. And the thing is with Google, when you type in twitching, it pretty much just says, you know, ALS or some other awful neurodegenerative disease. And so when I read that, of course I thought I had it. I was like, I, I 100% have it, you know, went to go and see neurologists and stuff. And they were like, no, it's anxiety. It's a symptom of a overstimulated nervous system. And I was like, well, why is that? why is twitching not listed as one of the main symptoms of anxiety? Because you see dizziness and nausea and palpitations. You don't see twitching. Um, and then I just kind of like, when I made the first video about, about twitching, I really didn't think that many people were going to like comment on it. And then there was just, like thousands of comments of people mm -hmm. like, I twitched and I had like so many private messages. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is so common. And I would say even now today, 90% of the messages I get are people twitching, worried about ALS, you know? So it is very, very common. And actually I've noticed that in the last kind of six months or so, a couple of websites have now added twitching to their list of anxiety symptoms. So Healthline being one of them, which I think is great because then at least if somebody does, um, you know, type in twitching and they see anxiety, hopefully that will like calm them down. But there's other reasons as well, you know, there's there's also like benign fasciculation syndrome, there's dehydration, there's electrolyte abnormalities. It's not just ALS, but of course, you know, as you guys know, ALS is an awfully aggressive, it's, you know, awful disease. And I think when people see that, they just like their mind just goes insane. And that's what happened to me. Mm. Yeah, that's, he was telling me about these twitches and he was like, they're not in one spot, they're all over the place. And they don't stop. And I was like, man, because he works out a lot. So I was like, well, maybe you're just overdoing it or you're not drinking enough water or getting enough salt. And so we went to the uh, med medical, what is like GNC or something. And he got some like salt drops. And he was so worried. Like these salt drops are supposed to last you for like a month. And this dude, <laughs> this dude did the whole bottle in a, in a day. Like he was just putting, he was putting on everything, cupcakes, whatever, you know, whatever he was doing. And I was like, dude, you need to calm down. But then he came across uh, your page and it was all about twitching. I was like, man, that seems so nuanced. But he was like, man, there's so many other people dealing with it. So it's, it's wild. And, and if you fixate on something like, like a Twitch, man, that, that would, that would freak me out too. Yeah. But he was telling me how uh, you were thinking about your tongue and your, your tongue oh, started twitching. I never had a tongue yeah. twitch. Ooh, that was, was that? insane. So I remember kind of like, I remember saying to myself, 
as long as my tongue doesn't twitch, like I'll be fine. Um, because I was thinking like there's a bulbar onset ALS that starts, you know, in, in your throat and your tongue. Lo and behold, then literally like two hours later, tongue is twitching. And I just like went insane because I thought I definitely have it. But, you know, anxiety, but like, we can 100% like manifest symptoms. Like I can't tell you the amount of times I've read symptoms of an illness. Like if I've seen somebody maybe my age getting like, I don't know, whatever it is. And I will get the exact same symptoms. Like it's just, it, you know, it's kind of like the placebo effect. When you look into like the placebo and how insane that is, I think our brains can can do anything if we like think about it like enough, you know. But my thing with breathing is I had double pneumonia when I was a kid and I was like hospitalized and then I had single pneumonia after that. So I'm always, I always fixate on, I think I have mucus in my lungs. So then I'll just like, when I start thinking that I'll start coughing stuff up, I'll start drinking a bunch of water, I'll start hydrating. And so that's where I go to. So whenever I do have anxiety, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm here again. I'm like 80% full uh, in my lungs and I'm, you know, I'm going to have walking pneumonia or something and not be able to wake up. So that's where I get my, my uh, anxiety from normally. Did you, um, you, you also talked about how you, you were walking from your car to the house and you you felt like you were losing strength in your in your arms and you were tripping you were dropping stuff so i mean was that all from just because i didn't get that far yet i don't i, I checked and it's funny too because you talked about you taking pictures of your cats <laughs> i did the same thing and i was telling mike i, was, I watched one of your videos i was like i literally did the same fucking thing like i was i was i would take pictures of my biceps because i i thought that like my arm was shrinking. It's, it's mm. insane what your, what your mind just conjures up, you know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I, I believe that my, my calf muscles were, well, I thought that the one was atrophied. And what happened was I got out of the car and I was holding my two kids. So I had like one in each arm. And as I was walking, I fell to my knees. And it, honestly, to know in that moment, I felt like this blackness just, it was like this realization of like, oh my God, I have it. Like I've just fallen mm. to my knees, but it was just, it was pure and utter anxiety. Like my, my nerves were shot, like my legs were jelly. And yeah, I was taking photos and I was like standing on my tiptoes and like trying to do all like these strength tests, which was just causing more anxiety because I was trying to do like push-ups. Like I've never done push-ups in my life. So how I thought I was going to do like 10 push-ups, like, I weigh like seven stone. It was never going to happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I was like, I was convinced I had like atrophy lines in like um, these muscles here. And I was like taking photos. And, you know, when you start staring at like muscles that you've never paid attention to, you're going to see dents and stuff because it's just normal. But when you look at it, you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's, that's definitely my, my muscles dying. It's wasting away, but it's always been there. What, what, what was your, uh, was there a defining moment that was kind of like the trigger point or was it from having kids was kind of like the onset of this intense anxiety? Um, yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely having the kids that kind of made me think about my own mortality, I suppose. And the fact that, you know, what would happen if anything happened to me and, and kind of that way of thinking, but I've always been extremely anxious, um, from a very, very young age. So I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of had, I'd say between the ages of, I don't know, 21 and 25 was probably my best years. I was okay. Um, but then, yeah, having the kids just kind of like everything got tipped upside down again. And it was frustrating for me because I'd worked so hard on my anxiety. And then all of a sudden I was like back to square one. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's just like having a baby and like the hormones and like just the, I had like quite a traumatic birth and everything that came with that just like really, you know, unfortunately I just went into like a really bad place, but you know, it, it happens. And with health anxiety, you know, there's so many different triggers for some people. It's, um, you know, having like a bit of a scare. So maybe they have like a dodgy mole and they go to their doctor and they have a bit of a scare, but it turns out to be fine. Or they watch a loved one go through something or even something not related to health, like a divorce or having a child. These things can just create this intense like health anxiety. And sometimes you can just come out of nowhere and you're like, how did this like happen? I, it's interesting how she said um, when you, when you thought you had it, like everything got dark and it gets cold and it gets a little magnified. I, I hate, I've, I've had a few moments like that where I'm like, crap, I have something, especially the mole yeah. stuff. I hate the mole stuff. Like, I think I saw something new, but I'm like, like you said, I don't look there all the time. So maybe it's been there all along, yeah. but yeah. And that's a, that's a, like a silent killer too is, um, you know, skin, skin cancer and stuff like that. I don't know. You're, um, so you're in this, you, you got this YouTube platform and, and, and Instagram with, uh, you know, all these people having similar issues. What's your coaching methodology with these people? Like how, well, first, how did you get yours under control and how are you managing that? Is it with fitness? It was with diet. What does that look like? So this is the answer that I always dread giving because I wish there was like some really great motivational story. But (laughs) truth be told, what happened was that um, the health anxiety got so extreme after my second uh, child that um, it's it's, it's really ironic because obviously my my anxiety was about dying. And then all of a sudden my, my health anxiety got so bad that I was like hospitalized. I was on benzos, like I was like almost like fully sectioned because um, I think back then I thought I had like bile duct cancer. I, I don't know, like something insane, something insanely <laughs> rare. Um, Cause I had a bit of like a dodgy liver ultrasound and some liver enzymes were, you know, a bit weird. And um, yeah, I just got severely depressed. I became completely suicidal, which again, makes no sense to me because of course I really wanted to like live and like, be there for my kids but um it was kind of as though like the health anxiety got so bad that I was like I can't I can't I physically can't live like this anymore it was like waking up every morning and and everyone's life around me like you know my partner couldn't work my mum took like eight weeks off work like everybody was walking around like just great because I was so bad and there was this one time where I like ran out of the house in my pajamas. I like, at this point I'd like fully lost it. Like I was like gone. Um, and like the police like picked me up and like, they took me again into like hospital and I literally just like sobbed. And I was like, I, I need help. Like, this is really bad. And I think for me hitting that like absolute, like rock bottom was like the best thing that ever happened because then what scares me more now than any disease is that place that I was at, you know, because that, that terrifies me beyond measure and when I hit that rock bottom, I was like, I sort of looked myself in the mirror and I was like, we're not doing this anymore. Like, you're stronger than this. Like, you've been through things like this before. Like, come on, get a grip. And I just kind of had like, I don't want to say like an awakening, you know, but it was just like this moment where I was like, I'm done. Um, and I still have health anxiety, like, and and I, I do and I, I still struggle, but I massively like changed my diet. Like I went on to like a, like a paleo diet. I removed like, gluten and most grains and refined sugar dairy and I started to meditate I started to do like breathing I just 
I just sort of said to myself, the, the issue here is health anxiety. Like it's not ALS, it's not cancer. The real issue is the thing that I'm neglecting. So I need to like prioritize this because if I don't prioritize health anxiety, it's going to kill me. Not this imaginary bowel cancer that I think that I have. So I just submerged myself into this world of healing, like in therapy and like, I did so many things and it was very trial and error. And that's something I always tell the people that I, um, coaches that like, you see like these some people on YouTube and they're like, I have the anxiety cure, you know, because they did something that helped them. And it like, it drives me insane because it's like, just because something worked for you does not mean it's going to work for somebody else. So I always go by like, what's helping the person, like helping them create their own toolkit because, okay, you know, Wim Hof breathing might work fantastically for me. It might give somebody else a panic attack. So I wouldn't want to like push myself onto somebody else like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I, I always say to people, I do wish it was like this really motivational story, but it's actually quite a sad story with, you know, a happy end at least. That's a good story. I mean, everybody is different and, and not everything will work for everybody. I was curious now that you have more control over this, um, what are the small triggers you get nowadays that you're, you're working through? that uh, gets you into that state of mind? Oh, everything triggers me. <laughs> but it's, it, I think the difference is, is that I do not lean into my safety behavior. So I don't Google. I won't immediately run to A&E anymore. I, I, I have control over my impulses. And that's one of the biggest things with health anxiety is that we have like little to none like impulse control. So we have a symptom, we Google it. We have a symptom, we bring an ambulance. And that's where you get stuck in this like vicious cycle. So I still get triggered all the time. Like I, I mean, um, I, um, like my kids are like a little bit ill at the moment. They've just got a cold, like they're in like nursery and stuff, so they're picking things up. And like the other day when my, my one child had like a, a fever, I was like, Oh my God, meningitis, like leukemia. And then I was like, Sherelle, come wow. on, like <laughs> let's bring it down. And I, and I recognize now that I'm just, I'm not my thoughts. Like my thoughts are just, they're, you know, they're just crazy sometimes. And, you know, like 80% of our thoughts are negative anyway. So we can't buy into them because if we buy into every single one, it's just a life of misery. So I just kind of like detach myself from it a little bit. And I, I'm like, okay, I can see that I'm anxious, but I'm not going to like act on it, you know? Wow. That's, that sounds like some meditation talk, mm -hmm. uh, self-talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's good. So I was, that was my next question. Like when you do find yourself slipping into that state of mind, What's your like, what's your go-to? Is it self-talk like that? Let me analyze the situation and, and am I going to tie an emotion to it? Am I going to react to this or am I just going to stop? Is that kind of your go-to when you do get, when you slip in? Yeah, I think it's a lot of self-talk, but also I suppose quite a lot of discipline. So whenever I get a new symptom, like for example, a couple of weeks ago, I had like tingling in my left shoulder blade and it was freaking me out a little bit. And in the past, I would have like gone to Amy. I'd be like, you know, freaking out over some kind of bone cancer or whatever. But I always have this like rule of like two weeks. So I'm like, if the symptom is still there in two weeks, I'll go and get it checked because I also don't want to become so ignorant to my bodily sensations that I miss something. Like we have to be vigilant, but you want to be somewhere in between. And I would say like 99% of the time, whatever the symptom is, by the time I get to those two weeks, it's gone. So I think it's about that self-talk, but it's also about just sticking to like what I've always told myself, like you just, just do not um, give in to those safety behaviors. A lot of distraction as well. So if I am feeling anxious and I'm like freaking out over something, instead of just sitting there trying to think my way out of it, which you're never going to do, it's about like, okay, well, I'm today I'm going to go to the gym. Today I'm going to like go and hang out with a friend and just making sure that I keep myself busy because I find that if I am busy, 
I'm less likely to feel the symptoms and I'm less likely to think about them. So it takes a lot of work and motivation. And, you know, there's, there are some days where it does pull me back in slightly, but it's just kind of about like sitting there and saying, okay, come on, we've done this. And looking back at past experiences where I was like fully convinced of other things that weren't true. And I've been proven wrong like every single time. So <laughs> I've never been right about anything that I thought I had. <laughs> it's uh I like that you said like you had to pretty much hit rock bottom, like you had to get to that space and almost, and, 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 uh, I don't know what the amount of time is, but it's almost like a certain amount of time has to pass with these symptoms or with these thoughts to know that you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? And like, at at least that's the, what it works for me. Like I was, I've been twitching for like three or four months now. It, it, something else would have happened by now. Like, you know what I mean? that's like a you know you you need that time and you need to get so dark and so lonely almost yeah. for it to come back to life so i've had yeah to, I, sorry <laughs> i've had to no, think no, that on. i was like uh i've had to go so far in my head to say i'm okay with dying and then it goes away because that's the ultimate thing right like we don't want to die but for you two that have kids it's, it can't you can't do that you can't say yeah. i'm okay with dying although you don't have control but you don't want to die. You, you know, you want to be there for your kids. So that's, I mean, I always make negotiations with myself, like how to not stress out about something. And so the very end, I'll be like, all right, I'm cool with dying, you know, like, and then yeah. that stress will go away, you know, cause that's what, yeah. you know, we're worried about sometimes, but I don't know. It's <laughs> crazy. Do you, um, do you find that this new diet, like, so Mike and I are, are big on diet. Mike's, Mike's pretty much a, a vegan for the most part. I've pretty much transitioned to like no bread, pretty much. Um, no, no sugar, um, no bread, no pasta, none of that stuff. So is that kind of where you're leaning? Like, do you find if you uh, like go off the rails a little bit and eat a lot of sugar that it's more easier to venture off into those dark uh, places in your mind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And also when I eat like gluten, for example, my body just, I'll be twitchy, like tingling, headaches, like brain fog, like it's insane. And so I was actually vegan myself for three years. And I was one of those hardcore vegans, like, you know, posting slaughterhouse videos (laughs) on like my Facebook page, like I was one of them. Um, And I I lived that life for a long time. And what happened is when I got pregnant, um, I was like massively craving meat. And it was like this huge dilemma in my head because it's like, this this was like my identity. Like I identified as a vegan. But I had to listen to my body in that moment and kind of give it, you know, what it, what it, I, what I thought it wanted. And so, um, when I was really bad with my anxiety, I was eating like so bad, like so much sugar, um, because I was like so depressed. I didn't want to like cook. I didn't want to spend any time cooking. Um, and then eventually, I I decided to. I went down like the the gut health rabbit hole, and I was like, I'm convinced there's something up with my microbiome. I'm convinced that I have like hidden food intolerances. Like there must be something like going on here. And so I started to research a little bit into that, and I decided to do the paleo diet. And the reason why I wanted to do the paleo diet is because it's so stripped back. You know, it's kind of like like a caveman diet in a way. Um, and I wanted to strip it back as much as I could. And when I did that, it was insane because what I did then is I started to like reintroduce food that I had, you know, always eaten like peanuts and like gluten. And I noticed then like how bad I felt when I reintroduced these foods that I've eaten my entire life, like peanuts. Like I've always had peanut butter. And when I was eating it after eliminating it for like eight weeks, like my joints were aching. I was like, having like a low grade fever. It was just insane. So, I mean, I don't think that diet is like, 
I know there's there's a lot of people now that think like, oh, if you fix your diet, you can like fix your mental health because, you know, the connection between the gut and the brain is like amazing. And like, you know, they call like the gut now the second brain or whatnot. But I do think that you could have like the best diet in the world, but if you're still stressing and you're still Googling your symptoms, chances are you're still going to feel pretty shitty. So I think diet helped, but in combination with like everything else that I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you, um, like you found a sweet spot because uh, for us, like social media is like a bad thing. Not bad, but we we want to limit our, our the amount that we're on social media. Um, but it's like you're using it for almost like a little like a like therapy almost for you because you, you can go and you can talk about your symptoms and you can, uh, you know, talk back and forth with folks and, and help them through their trials. So I imagine that from a cognitive perspective, that probably helps you a lot. It does help, but then at the same time, it can also be um, quite overwhelming at times because ideally when you've got health anxiety, you want to, you want to step away from the health anxiety world. Like you don't want to, um, like, it's great to join like Facebook support pages and all that, but eventually you don't want to identify as like an anxious person, but I have like submerged myself into this. Like, <laughs> I've grown a career now around this health anxiety world, which I love. And like, I love helping people, but sometimes you know, I'll be speaking to people like through coaching. Sometimes like I find myself getting triggered and I've like, I got to, sometimes I got to be honest with the people and say like, Oh, that really actually triggered me. I, and I always like say the, like, I try and be like the most honest, like possible. Um, so it's great. And it is like therapy, but at the same time, I think when I'm already feeling a bit stressed or tired or the kids have been like acting crazy and whatever, I do find that sometimes I'm like, Oh gosh, I just want to stop talking about it. Like, right now but then it never really lasts long because i have such a passion for it at the end of the day so so what do you do like coaching online remote like where i guess where where are your clients located are they there in the uk or do you got some folks in the u.s as well oh they're all over the world like mostly the u.s i would say um but like literally everywhere like i've got somebody like in tokyo like somebody in australia i mean it's all online so um I've got like a Patreon and basically um, like they, people have like, they choose like a different tier and I just work with them like on a, maybe even like a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis. And I wouldn't say that I have like, I don't have like a strict plan. Like I was saying earlier, I just kind of like work with that person and like try to help them piece together what's going on in their head and try and, you know, figure out what's going to work for them because like I said, everyone's like so different and I just don't think you can like say, oh, you need to do this, this, this and this. So, um, but a lot of it is just like kind of talking, like some people just want somebody to talk to because I think health anxiety is one of those things where, you know, your loved ones get a bit sick of hearing it. You know, therapists, sometimes they've never had, you know, health anxiety themselves. So I think a lot of people just want to chat to me and just kind of like speak to somebody that's really actually been there. And I think, I kind of wish that when I was back there that I had that person to like speak to, if you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, it's a very tight knit community. You can tell from your social media and, and YouTube. Do you, um, it's interesting that you said mostly from the U S do you think, do you know, or do you have a, a reason why, or can you guess why, why most people from the U S and not even compared to the UK? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about it the other day, actually. I was thinking, like, is this something to do with, like, the healthcare system that you guys have? Because obviously we've got the NHS, which is free, so that 
I suppose like if, if I wanted to go to A&E right now and I wanted to get an MRI, like I'd be able to go and get it. Whereas I imagine for some people, because they don't have that luxury maybe of just going to like go and get a scan, I'm wondering if that makes their health anxiety like a little bit worse because then they're kind of like, they're stuck in limbo, you know, they can't do anything about their anxiety. I don't know. I mean, do yeah. you guys have, have any theories about that? Well, is it covered by insurance? Like, um, psychiatry and all that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends. I mean, depending on where you work and what kind of insurance you have, the therapy is covered. But my kind of like thought is the, the, you know, political culture in the U S is so messed up right now with, uh, COVID and, um, social media, but I'm sure, I'm sure the UK, everyone's on social media too, right? Yeah. So I, that can't be it, but may, I don't know what it is, but I feel like every, I feel like, um, tensions are, are very high in America. <laughs> I th- and I also, I, I would like to go to someone like her too, cause she's been through it. I don't, yeah. I don't know if some of the therapists have been through it, you know, it's, it's, she's lived it. So you can give really good information. Yeah, that's true. Did, so did you go to school for anything like official? Um, and if not, do you get any kind of flack from like, therapists from official therapists that are like oh you don't know what you're doing because you don't have a degree yeah so i so i i am trained um as a counselor okay. um but i i studied it in in um i went to college well, i went to uni first to do creative writing and then i i studied to be a counselor but i don't use any of the techniques that a counselor would because as a counselor and, a, and like a properly trained therapist you can't relate you can't share your own experiences you've got to stay very um just robotic and I, I just didn't like that I didn't like the fact that I wouldn't be able to say oh my gosh yeah I've had that too and like this is how I overcome it you know and I just I just kind of thought like I'm not going to use any of that I'm going to do my own thing because this is what feels right for me and this is what I would want and I kind of just just did it that way and I have had a few people like oh you know you're not a therapist and blah 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 and I'm like well you know most people that I speak to have said to me that it's it's been it, the the um the experience that they've had with me has been like by far um, much kind of like better and beneficial than therapy. So I'm just kind of trying to stick with, with what people are telling me and they seem to like it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta work. Like Mike said, you, you've been through it. So I know, I mean, personally you freaking helped me a lot. So you helped me calm down. Yeah. He he was talking about you all the time, like watching the videos, helps them come down. We have the system where we call each other for going through like a like a little panic attack or something, and say it's all right and, <laughs> and all that stuff. But it's good that you're doing. I don't. You probably already know that you're helping people and pe- by the feedback that you're getting. But I mean, yeah, I mean you're helping one person here too. That it's just making an impact, putting the videos out there. Yeah. Especially how just so nuanced it is. Some of the stuff like for him to pick up on twitches and find you. It's uh. I know that was so freaking random too. And it's, it's, it's crazy that it's so common with, with people, the Twitches. Like I, it still blows my mind. I'm sure my wife is tired of me talking about you and Twitches probably. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you posted a video recently on, on vitamins too. Um, is that something you help people with? Um, you know, having a vitamin deficiency in magnesium or, or my case when I bring up vitamin D, but I was going to ask you about that. You live in the UK, which doesn't get a lot of sun, right? No. Yeah. So, so do you, do you think about that as well? Like do you, I guess you supplement for sure, but that has a lot yeah. to do with health too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I take vitamin D all year round and I take a really high dose as well because um, it's just so cold and dark here. And I, I encourage like all of my friends and family to take it too. And in regards to like supplements, I like whenever I, I start speaking to somebody, I always say to them, like, if you add um, your, your vitamins and like minerals um, tested, and most people say, yeah, you know, it came back fine. But like what I found was my doctor was consistently telling me that my um, levels were fine. But one day I said to him, like, can I have the actual like printout? Like, can I see the numbers? And although they were in the normal range, they were like, like, let's just say it's between like one and a hundred. Like every single one of mine was like at one. So it was like, okay, it's in the normal range, but it's extremely low. Um, and I, I just decided to to just start supplementing. And I think that, you know, again, everybody's different and you've, it's something that you've just got to try. But I mean, I take like a whole like host of different vitamins that work for me, but some people will take, you know, some like, I don't know, um, some herb and it's really bad for them. So I think it's something you've got to try, but I, I try, the only one I do push on people is vitamin D. Cause I just think we all should be taking that really, especially like during the autumn winter months, especially. How much are you taking? I'm curious. Uh, 5,000 5, um, IUs. Okay. So it's like max strength, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What about you? Do you take it? Yeah, I take um, 2,000 once a day. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe I should open up a little bit, huh? We live in Texas, so we get quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit of sun. <laughs> we get a lot of sun here. Have you ever thought of changing your environment? Like, um, because it's, it's kind of dreary there. Like, we have some states, uh, like Seattle and maybe Chicago, that like um, people are more depressed than those states. Like, have you ever thought of um, moving to another area that is uh, more happy? <laughs> I guess. Um, no, I mean, I'm such a like home person and like. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to live in a place where we have more sunlight, but I, I just wouldn't be able to leave my family and my friends. But I mean, what I try to do is regardless of whether like it's warm or not, I try and I do this for my kids as well. Like we go out pretty much most days. I take their shoes and socks off. We stand on like the grass, like ground ourselves, like just look up at the sun, even if it's for five minutes before I take the kids to like nursery and stuff. Um and I try my very best to get as much as I can. But that's why I take such a high dose because it's just impossible to get the amount that you need here. Um, you know, we do have like a bit of a summer, but it's like we have like maybe like four weeks of summer and then <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, to your question about why it's probably higher in the U.S., um, I feel like we're always inside, always looking at our iPads or iPhones um, just kind of bent down with our necks, just always looking down. We're probably not outside as much as we need to be looking at nature. Cause I think that's one of the, well, back to your videos that you posted recently, like getting outside and, and looking at nature is like another way to boost your serotonin. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we are, I mean, we spend about like 90% of our time indoors with this artificial light, poorly ventilated, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to not supposed to be living this way I don't think and I just think that we we really lost touch with nature um and there's so many benefits to like being outside like okay you don't want to be like in a polluted street but I mean you know if you can take like a walk through the forest it's just the benefits are insane you know vitamin d and, and all of that but also just like 
I just think our body needs it. And I know what I feel better when I get outside anyway. So um, I try and do it as much as I can. But, it, you know, it is hard, like, in the winter when it's so cold and, like, you just want to be inside. But, yeah, I just think, like, we spend way too much time indoors. Like, it's insane. Yeah. What's the future look like? Like, what's your grand vision um, with your YouTube channel, which is, it's uh, Sherelle Thanks, right? Yeah. So, so what's your, your, I guess, where do you want to end up in like the next five to 10 years with that? Um, well, I want to grow it, of course, but, um, ultimately I, I am writing a book. Um, and that's like my main goal in life. Like I, I studied creative writing at uni. Um, I've always been a writer and, um, I just want to get this book written because it's, it's not done. Um, and I want to like, it's basically about health anxiety is my story and like my, my, my strategy and coping techniques and stuff. I called it um, malignant mind because mm. there was so many times I thought I had like these malignant diseases, but the only thing that was really wrong was my mind, you know, it, it, when it come down to it. So I want to write that book and get that published um, and just, yeah, just continue what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I would like to, to kind of branch out a little bit and because I, I also have like OCD and I had like postnatal depression and stuff. So I would like to eventually maybe um, potentially coach not just health anxiety um, clients, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens at the moment. I'm just sticking with the health anxiety because it's what I know the most basically. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that book for sure. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the OCD one. I got a little bit of that. Going. Oh God, he's intense. Like yeah. he, before he walks out of the room, he checks little things and like straightens it up. Pretty and, bad. Yeah. I like yeah. it though. A little bit. I like to mess with him. Like he'll move it and then I'll move it back. <laughs> when things are going too good, I straighten stuff a lot. And then, um, sometimes it takes a lot of time and I can't leave. <laughs> Yeah, it's intense. OCD is intense. <laughs> but sometimes I just say fuck it and I don't do it anymore. So yeah. I think yeah. I have control maybe. Um, well, Sherelle, <laughs> we've, uh, we greatly appreciate the, the time that we had with you. Um, real quick, how can people reach you and, and watch all your content and, and um, all your social media and your Patreon as well? Yeah, so um, – YouTube and Instagram is um, Sherelle Thinks and the same with my Patreon. So yeah, if people just type that in, they should find me. I also have a, a Facebook like support page as well. It's called the Health Anxiety Community. So it's just a space where people can come and vent and, you know, meet like-minded individuals and just kind of like write what's going on for them today. And we're there to kind of like help and support. And of course that group is like free as well. So people are like welcome to join it. Awesome. Well, it was great. It was fun. I had a pleasure, and uh, I was. I'm, I'm. I'm happy that I. I get to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep. I enjoyed it.